Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning with my main man, CJ, who's working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast comes out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com, Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity. The links are in the description box. And make sure you guys go to roguenews.com, bookmark that page, make it the central nexus point for all your geopolitical, geoeconomic, geopo- uh, geostrategic needs. And also check out mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com for all. Your CBD edible goodness and CJ's any new products that they're working on right now? No, but we have do, uh, do have a huge promotional discount coming up uh, for Rogue listeners only. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully, we'll get that released. By- um, I, I, I just couldn't stop laughing, Siege. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, epic, epic failure, right? I mean, yeah. there's no other better way to de- describe the policy of what we just what we just witnessed and how disconnected this administration is from reality. You know the. You know, every country has their moment, right? And I thought, I thought in uh, in 2013, when the Russians told the U.S. to go pound sand in Syria, and they kind of left. This is the part where they're, you know, they were mounting a major invasion, a major expeditionary force was right off the coast of Syria. They were going to go in there with U.S. Marines and stabilize the situation. And this was their long far-flung plan by the neocons to go into uh, not only Syria, but also Lebanon, okay? Because they took out Libya, okay? They took out Libya, uh, and Israel was going to come in and help them with uh, taking out uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon and then taking out Syria. This way, their entire Leviathan platform of, of natural gas and LNG markets that are coming from Libya... That pipeline could be run from Libya through uh, through Lebanon, through Syria, through Israel, right? Link up with the other Qatari-Saudi pipelines that were coming out from the Gulf of uh, the Persian Gulf. And then link it up into the hot European markets in order to compete against the massive gas giant, which is uh, Russia itself, and challenge the Russians for the European gas market. That was the entire plan that this war was all about. That all fell apart, and I thought the Suez moment was in 2013 when the Russians told the U.S. to go pound sand 
that if you put troops in Syria, in Damascus, in that area, it's going to be war. And Uncle Sh- and Uncle Schmuck blinked. Okay, Uncle Schmuck blinked. And then the and then, and then the massive brains of the neocons and the idiots in the U.S. military and and the and, and the politi- the politicians in particular. They were in Afghanistan for 20-some-odd years, barely holding on to it. Just like in Iraq, the U.S. never really controlled Afghanistan. They only controlled a green zone, and that green zone was Kabul. And even in Kabul, the power was held very loosely. Just like in Iraq, you had a green zone, and that green zone is Baghdad, and they held it very loosely. They're not very good at holding countries. They're not very good at nation building. They're not very good at much of anything. They're not even even good at making war. Let's be honest with you. They're great at blown apart mud huts in the middle of nowhere, but they suck at making war. Okay? And I thought the Suez moment was that, CJ, in 2013, but I was wrong. The Suez moment is everything that we're seeing right now. A colossal, catastrophic, bumbling, stumbling, moronic, absolutely laughable, abject failure that is Afghanistan is unfurling before your very eyes, folks. It is We are a laughing stock of the world. The world is in laughter of us. The Chinese and the Russians are laughing their heads off at this. <laughs> and we're a joke. Dude, do you realize I had on the report ground, you know, reports that were coming in from uh, from the ground from embassy staffers that I got through third parties. Uh, and they were literally saying that, hey, look, we don't know what the hell's going on. They didn't even know Kabul fell. <laughs> they had no, they, dude, they were putting out job postings and they had no idea that Kabul even fell. Okay. Uh, they had no idea. They had no idea Kabul even fell until it was like too late. And there was a mad rush to do what, CJ? To burn documents, to shred documents, to. You know, uh, try to get personnel to the airport where they couldn't, and they and then the embassy said, "Hey, they want, uh, don't try to get to the airport. It's too it's too hot. The airport's too hot. There's shootouts going on, and and all this other stuff." Okay, and and I talked about this on Friday, CJ. I said this is this is a massive retreat. This is not a a drawdown. This is not a withdrawal. This is a massive retreat. Mm-hmm. And any yeah. country, this this is a message for any country out there. If you think, okay, that the U.S. is going to back you up. You want to hit your wagon to the U.S. And I'm talking to all you countries out there that, are th- that have thought, you know, thought about it, right? You want to join the Quad. You want to join you know, AFRICOM. You want to join uh, any one of these organizations or NATO or whatever the hell kind of junk you want to dream up of. This is Taiwan. Fact, exactly. Taiwan. You want to hit Taiwan? <laughs> this is a great exactly. See, you hit the nail on the head. If I was the Taiwanese government right now, I would be like. Uh, maybe this is not a good idea to uh, to uh, make a friends with the U.S. to go to war against China. And you, know, you ready for U.S. diplomacy? Exactly. <laughs> you ready? Because this is what it looks like. It, the mother of all battles. This turned out to be the mother of all retreats, CJ. What do you got to say, man? I know you got to. <laughs> well, Jesus, I, I, I think what's what's fair is to uh, be just to rewind for just a minute and remind our listeners and everyone tuning in. Just exactly what Biden said just as of July yep. of this year. Let's listen to this. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 
well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an Air Force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They, so, did, not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. And do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling? None whatsoever. Zero. Yo, Biden has a new name. It's Bagram Biden. You, CJ, could you pull up Baghdad Bob? Remember Baghdad Bob? Go to YouTube. Pull up Baghdad Bob. This is just hilarious. This is <laughs> the, the deep state bureaucrats, the unelected bureaucracy has their own Baghdad Bob. It's Bagram Biden. Bagram Biden. Okay. And, and, and Kabul Kamala are the new. Look at this. This is Baghdad Bob, right? This is the guy who was, you guys remember this during the Gulf War? This is the guy with the U.S. troops directly in Baghdad International Airport on his way, literally across the street from where this guy was broadcasting on Iraqi TV. And Baghdad Bob saying, it is other nonsense. We have the U.S. Americans. They are on the run. We will not, we will not fall. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine, my friend. Everything is alive. We are in great, co- the mother of all battles has begun. We will not retreat. And meanwhile, the U.S. is right, right, literally right across the street. And this is what we have. We have the president of Afghanistan, which reports have I've, I've heard from various reports that he left CJ with four car full of cash, four cars <laughs> filled with cash and gold and other valuables leaving the country. He tried to fill up a fifth one, couldn't get it done, and he tried to get it onto a plane, couldn't happen. Okay, but he got helicoptered out. He's in Tajikistan, and then from Tajikistan, he's gonna probably gonna go go to I don't know south of France or something like that, or some some other country. But this is a disaster, mm. an absolute disaster. See, we, uh, one of the links I sent you. Go to the second link where it, right there. Play that video. See, this this is people who are on the ground. Okay, who are trying to hold on to C seventeen Globe Masters as they were taking off. And they're falling out of the sky. Go ahead and play that video, Siege. Wow, there they go. Man. I don't know if people were able to see that. Can you, there's no way to expand or make that bigger, right? Let me find it on the original yeah. uh, Twitter, and then it should be able, I should yeah, be able is. to. Yeah, let's oh, see play, here. Play this video as well. This is this is great. Look at this. They have to clear the airfield with Apache helicopters, right? Trying to trying to get people off. Oh, it's, it looks like it's a Telegram link. Yeah. Yep. Go to the next one. Go to the next video. I want to go to the actual. Oh, it is a tw- Telegram. Let me see if I can find it on. Vivi, 
No, it keeps doing Telegram V. All right, no problem. Um, I'll find it. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, is it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, let's go to the, the first article siege with uh, Zero Hedge. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely nuts. Okay. And here's the deal, folks. Okay. Here's the deal. Let's 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 jump into this. Let's break this down. Let's um, unpack this. Chaos erupts. Heavy shooting is Kabul airport. Chaos turns to armed confrontation with the U.S. troops. Folks, here's what's happening. We have the Onion, the political satirist website. Literally, you know, ten years ago, twelve years ago, put out a a, a fake article, a, a satirical article, twelve years ago. The U.S. leaves Afghanistan in the middle of the night. Didn't tell anybody. And lo and behold, twelve years later, that's exactly what happened. Okay. And what occurred is that the reports are coming out that U.S. troops are not getting answers from their higher ups. Field commanders are calling up the chain, and up the chain is calling the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And Mark Milley, who's too busy about his his you know the, the the his whiteness and the problem with being white, he's not returning any of those calls. In other words, much of the the communication going up the chain is absolutely uh, been dead quiet. I see you got that video, go ahead. Here it is. Up there, one falls. Yeah, that's it taking off. Uh, let's see if there's a different angle. Yeah, but you could clearly see someone fall to the ground as soon oh, as yeah. it took off. It three, yeah, there were like three people that fell. Everyone goes. Yeah, there goes. Ugh. It's crazy. People yeah, think crazy. they can hold on to a plane because it's like Tom Cruise out of a Mission Impossible movie, and there's somebody's body. You want to play that video? Oh God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tragic. Terrible. Terrible. Um, this is. Look at this. Man, that's crazy, V. That's insane. Unbelievable. And the pictures keep coming. Look at this. The terminals were breaking. I mean, they were literally bending the ladder with the amount of people that were on these ladders or these stairs that are trying to, you know, the, on the jet bridges. They were bending those staircases on jet bridges trying to get inside airplane, any airplane. And then every civilian flight had to be canceled. You had a, a multinational coalition that took over the Kabul airport. They're handling air traffic control. And the only thing going in and out is military um, uh, air, tra you know, air traffic. It is absolute bedlam. Now, here's the thing. Because of the fact that there is no, that the situational awareness, that this is going to be, this is going to be something between a Saigon and a Benghazi, CJ. I'm predicting this. This is something between a Saigon and a Benghazi in the sense that there's no situational awareness, number one. And it's going to be something similar to it is a mix. Let me rephrase myself. This is a mix between Saigon, Benghazi, and Tehran. Do you remember back in the late 70s, early 80s, the Iran hostage crisis Yeah, at the absolutely. U.S. Embassy, right? Absolutely. 
this is going to turn. The worst thing that could happen right now is that this turns into a, a hostage crisis, a hostage crisis that the U.S. is very ill prepared for. If you cannot get personnel into the airport, and there's still personnel there because they got to shred the documents and they got to burn the documents, all the documents, you know, of, of everything that they've done, all the sensitive things that they've done in Afghanistan, because let's be honest here, the, the Kabul uh, embassy, the U.S. Uh, embassy in Kabul doubled as a CIA uh, station. It, it doubled as a CIA way station, a listening post, an operational station for the CIA as well. So there's a lot of document shredding. So in the midst of all the shredding of documents, well, guess what? The embassy is uh, surrounded. Okay? The mm -hmm. embassy is surrounded. And this is the reason why the great leadership Okay, the, the brain-dead geriatric patient who's in the White House, the cardboard cutout-in-chief, the uh, crash test dummy, the organization known as Biden, let out an info, uh, some uh, you know, put out an information directly or, uh, to the Taliban saying, hey, listen, uh, please don't destroy our embassy. Please don't touch our embassy. We will pay you. Okay? We will pay you. The U.S. embassy is... is, is, is there, there's a handful of people there. Everybody else is gone. Uh, it, it, this is unbelievable, man. It's completely unbelievable, to say the least. And the potential for a Tehran-like hostage situation to emerge is very, very likely. We have the latest here. Heavy shooting is Kabul airport chaos turns armed confrontation with the U.S. troops. This is looking real bad. Mm. Mm. Death toll uh, uh, rose later in the day to at least seven, including reports of two U.S. Uh, two armed men shot by U.S. troops. Heavy gunfire in the vicinity of Kabul International Airport. Al, Al Jazeera reports heavy shooting in Kabul International Airport. Also, according to the AP, the head of U.S. Central Command met face to face with senior Taliban leaders to urge their fighters not to interfere with U.S. military's evacuation operations at the airport in Kabul. Defense officials say evacuations chaos continue as more and more U.S. troops arrive at Kabul's international airport to restore order, quote unquote, or at least get remaining Americans out. There's no order restoring. This, this is a this is a breakneck. Get the hell out of Dodge as quickly as you can kind of deal. Meanwhile, at the now abandoned and chartered U.S. embassy, CNN is on the ground mingling with the Taliban. Apparently, CNN report outside Kabul embassy. They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. Idiots. So it's a it's a. It's a slightly peaceful protest, Siege. <laughs> mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful. Well, the good news is um, I, I heard the CNN is reporting that the uh, Taliban, at least when they stormed uh, the embassy and uh, they were doing all the, uh, the the looting and everything, that they were wearing masks. Um, so let's be, let's be thankful that they're wearing masks and they're mindful of COVID during this. Yes, and, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing that... Um, 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 there's going to be some problems because, uh, especially the people in Afghanistan uh, who are getting airlifted out, they don't have their COVID passes, so that could be a, a, a possible problem. Sage, they don't have their COVID. They they promised that they would be um, they have their COVID passes and they would be vaccinated before entering the U.S. embassy in Kabul. Um, I, I I don't know, V. I want I want you to go first, but I don't know. This is this is so bad that it's almost like it's on purpose. That's my biggest fear and. So listeners understand where I'm going with this, okay, is that I'm no Biden fan. But Biden, for, for the longest time, he's, he's always been somewhat, even dysfunctional, he's a, he's a statesman. He understands a lot about the way the world works. It's not accurate, right? I'm not going there. I'm not saying that. But 
V, what I am saying is that this is so bad. And we have witnessed now on one, two, three occurrences where Biden was not willing to pull the trigger on an escalation with either Russia or China. And my concern is if the deep state is finished with him, if the deep state is like, okay, you know what? We're going to make this look so bad. He's going to have no choice, but, but, but to resign. And, and that's my fear is because I don't think that there's any moral compass. I don't think that there's any statesmanship. I don't think that there's any resemblance of any compassion to humanity that we witness in Cabal Harris, Cabal, Cabal Harris. Right. <laughs> Same difference, right? <laughs> Might as well call Cabal, Cabal Harris. Cabal right. Harris. So that's my that's my fear, V, and and I have no evidence. This is complete speculation. Is that they're they're done with Biden and um, they're not happy that he wasn't willing in the Black Sea. Um, he was not willing in in uh, the Middle East and and also in the uh, China Sea to 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 do the things that uh, because I think Biden understands that the the death toll to humanity and what would happen where I don't think Kamala would even care about that. I think that she would be willing to go full nuclear. So that's just again, I'm just saying just be mindful of it as we're as we're slamming Biden as we're you know listen like this mess started a long time ago, right? I mean, to, to, to pinpoint this and look at this in a left-right paradigm is completely naive. I mean, you know, let's remember there was the Bush administration that made the, made the, the, the terrible decision to go to Iraq, that we looked at this as that, hey, you know what, we're going to go bomb Iraq, you know, instead of focusing in on Afghanistan and, and bin Laden and, and doing the thing. So, so I don't think in terms of, of accuracy uh, that, that Biden receives all the blame. Now, in saying that, he is the, the sitting U.S. president. He is a sitting U.S. president that, that made the decision to do these things. And was he purposely fed bad information? Look at looking at this statement, V, of how disconnected he was and in the intelligence that he was receiving. Everything that he said is wrong. Every single sentence of it is completely wrong. They can pick it apart. And even Drudge, even Drudge, which, again, like I said the last show, this is what scares me is when you see these uh, left leaning because we know Drudge was purchased and they're starting to slam um, Biden is I, I think that they're done with him. I think that they're I think that they're they're going to get him out of office. Fee. Um, and then that was not going to be Trump. It's, 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 it's a it's a greater feel. Look, the whole U.S. deep state, you got to look at who who it is. Right. They are all incompetent, washed out losers. These people are some of the lowest IQ morons you could ever encounter on a on a foreign policy stage. These guys are not worthy to even like carry water for some of the guys who are state you know who are statesmen in China and in Russia. They're not even they're not they can't even hold that weight. Okay, look at what happened with Blinken. Right, Tony Blinken when he met Tiger Wang in in Alaska, the Alaska meeting. Right, what did the Chinese delegation tell Blinken? Listen. We're here to do business. If you want a virtue signal, go about, continue your virtual signaling, continue promoting your, your, your woke agenda. We don't care. We're just want to continue. We're going to continue to do business. Go ahead and have a seat. That's basically what he told him, right? And now there's a, there's, a, there's a term right now that is floating around in China that hasn't been heard in over 50 years, and that is the U.S. is a paper tiger. And it yep. is a yep. paper tiger. Yes. It is not yes. capable of winning any war. The amount of when you look at this, and this is this is again all the evidence is. I, I said it on Friday. All the evidence is coming out. This is a hasty retreat 
that there was no planning, there was no coordination done in this whole entire thing. This was a great systemic failure because what was not being told, there were 143 contested provinces back on July 8th when um, the, the cardboard cutout said that the Afghan military, 300,000 armed and strong, will not fold and they'll be able to hold Kabul and have some sort of transitional government, right? But the fact of the matter is, out of the 143, they were contested, meaning there was fighting going on. And that fighting was done not just by Afghan forces, but, but quote-unquote, but U.S. contractors and multinational contractors who fought with and alongside U.S.-trained, U.S.-armed, U.S. logistics-given Afghan forces. And then come shortly after the July 8th announcement where where uh, Biden was saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, um, you know, I'm sorry, there was 167 contested areas, right? By August 15th, the Taliban, which only had control of 90 provinces within Afghanistan back in the 9th of July, all of a sudden had control over 345 provinces. And the government, which had over 140 in control, dropped down to less than 10. So this is a this was a defeat. This was an implosion that was happening. See the US the, the, the US never had control over over Afghanistan. It was losing its gears. Folks, let me explain never, something. To you. Never. Never. Wow. Alexander the Great went into Afghanistan and he lost. Okay? The British went into Afghanistan and the Brits lost more men in Afghanistan than in World War 1 and World War 2 combined. Okay? The Russians went into Afghanistan. And then somehow the U.S. deep state, which are made by idiots who believe in the myth of U.S. military supremacy created by Fifth Avenue, created by Hollywood, believe that we can go in and we're going to somehow do differently. The Taliban said it best. America has all the clocks. We have all the time. So the U.S. went in there in the last 20 years. I mean, tens of trillions of dollars that we don't even know of. Tens of trillions is what, am I, what I'm estimating. Okay, ten, the, you know, unofficial count, 5.3, 5.4. I'm really thinking it's about more like close to $10 trillion. Wasted, flushed down the toilet, into the hands of the super wealthy who've made a killing on the opium trade. Okay? Made a killing on the opium trade. And then well, here's the deal. Thousands of lives lost. And they never fully had control of these provinces. The 167 provinces that were being contested on July the 8th were this, the, they were the same 167 provinces that were being contested back in 2001. The same, the Taliban never died, they never were gone, they never were destroyed. Remember July, remember uh, uh, President Bush, right, back in uh, October of 2001, uh, saying uh, the, the Taliban. I'd like to say to the uh, to the world and the American people, the Taliban's no more. They're gone. <laughs> we have sent them running. They are no more. The Taliban's been defeated. Mission accomplished. Well, V, was it him or his dad that welcomed them to D.C., the Taliban? The Taliban leadership has his, been... His dad. His that, dad. They, yeah, his yeah, da they, it, it was his dad, and, and, and it was actually Richard Armitage. They embraced the Taliban. Yeah, they did. For several years. Yeah, because they were trying to get a Caspian pipeline deal running through Afghanistan. And Richard Armitage says, listen, here's the deal. We're going to do this deal. You can either have a, a, a carpet of gold or you can have a carpet of bombs. It's your choice. And the Taliban's like, uh, we will see how it is, America. You come and fight us. Come and fight us in the mountains. 
And we went there. And if you guys seen movies like that Marcus Luttrell movie, okay, called Lone Survivor, one, and if you read the book Lone Survivor, which is about Operation Red Wings, where you have a Navy, a crack Navy SEAL team trying to go into Afghanistan, what would happen? The, the, the SEAL guys are like, yo, these guys are moving fast. How are they moving so quick? Mm. Trying to fight the Talibs. Mm-hmm. These aren't just like bloody. Dude, these people, all they've known is war their entire life. This ain't like, you know, Jimmy John with his son, uh, Kevin, who's grown up and he's going to put him in this football league and he's had his nice sheltered life in America. He's got a mom and dad or he doesn't have a mom and dad or whatever. Maybe he's got two moms, two dads and 10. I don't know. Right. That's the way things are these days. But anyway, he grows up. He, you know, goes to school and he's got his nice sheltered life and whatnot. Then he decides to join the military and, you know, he makes it into SEAL training or he becomes a Delta operator or Green Beret. Yeah, that's all great, man. But these people have known nothing but desolation and destruction their entire life. They know how to fight. They know how to marshal forces. They know how to marshal resources. They know how to coordinate. You know, people were asking. People were saying this. Here's what's the most crazy thing, right? People were literally saying this, and I had to, like, fall out of my chair laughing. Do the cat d- 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 does the Taliban have satellite capability? Because the way that they were coordinating their forces seemed like too strategic. It seemed very uh, like they they were using satellite imagery in order to marshal their forces into the right places. No, the answer is no. They know how to marshal their forces and they know how to keep the communication, the rat lines going, in order to better coordinate. They've been doing it since the since forever. They've been doing it since the 80s when they were fighting the Northern Alliance. This is nothing new to these people. So the U.S. never had it. So you got to understand, folks, it wasn't just the U.S. People, when when people think about Afghanistan, when most Americans think about Afghanistan, they were thinking that, you know, America had all, all, you know, America with the Afghan government had control of the entire country. They never did. They had control over Kabul. That's it. Everything else was pretty much either in contention or it was pretty much some sort of a loosely knit agreement with a local warlord. And then when the Talibs started encroaching, they started coming back, started taking back ground. That's when the American planners realized, hey, you know what? We're about to lose this country. There's no point for us to being here. Okay? And now we're in a situation where the American embassy, as of right now, is supposedly empty. Okay? And the rest of the embassy staff are at the airport. You know whose embassy is right now fully staffed? <laughs> right now is open. Russia okay. or China, one of the both. two or both. Yeah, both. Yeah. Okay. They're being so, less alone. The U.S. has failed. Okay, there was a plan in place in 2018 with Trump when he met with the Taliban leaders, when he met with Russians and the Chinese, to come out with a transitional plan here, right? Because it's the inevitable. It's a pointless war while we're while we in there. But that's that, that that all crumbled under the moron that's currently in in power. Okay. So the Russians already had talks. The Taliban were in Moscow a week before this even happened. And the Russians said, hey, look, this is what you're going to do. And they're being very cautious here because the Russians and the Chinese, the U.S. destroyed and blew up an entire country, created chaos, thousands of lives lost on the U.S. side, trillions upon trillions of dollars wasted, all for what, CJ, in order to control, you know, a couple hundred billion dollars worth of opium. That's all it was. 
That's all well, it and, was. And, yeah. And, okay? and, a, and, a, and a systematic way, uh, attempt to really flood drugs yep. uh, into the neighboring, you know, what China, Russia, wherever they, I think that was one of their, their attempts as well to really flood those areas with as many as drugs as possible um, and attempt to really uh, affect society there. Correct. And many of those, uh, many of that opium winds up in places like in Hong Kong and in, and in um, uh, and in Taiwan and and, and other places uh, neighboring China, like in Laos and whatnot, and 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 they it gets there, and it's uh, synthesized, it's made into fentanyl and pumped into into Mexican drug cartels, and then pumped back up here into the United States, and then it's blamed on China, Chinese fentanyl. That's the way the game is played. Okay, now watch this. Now, the Chinese and the Russians are playing this very carefully. Because the idiot U.S. only wanted a couple hundred billion dollars, a couple hundred billion dollars worth of opium. The Taliban this time around are a lot smarter than they were before. They're more organized, well, better funded. The Taliban realizes they are sitting on at least, and this is a conservative estimate, CJ, at least twenty-nine trillion dollars worth of mineral wealth. Yeah. Dude, okay. I can't even imagine what's there, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Lithium, absolutely. Rhenium, man, gallium, infinium, plutonium, uranium, everything is under that ground. Now, the <sighs> U.S. understood that it cannot extract rare earth minerals. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because as somebody who's worked in the industry of rare earth and strategic metals, I will tell you firsthand. There is no refinery capacity here in the United States. In other words, there's no real major high-output refining capability in the United States or metallurgy that can handle the process of refining, synthesizing, and concentrating rare earth minerals and strategic metals. We have no capacity. We have no capability. We have no production capability to do so. So we settled for a couple hundred billion dollars worth of heroin to sell to our own people to kill and poison our own population. The Russians and the Chinese have all the capability in the world. There's also LNG gas fields that are in Afghanistan, okay, that are coming to light. I, I don't know the exact number. I don't know what the proven reserves are. I don't know that as of yet, but it's there. Now watch this now. China, the Taliban has been working with China and they've been working with Russia. They, they've reached out and said, look, we'll be on our best behavior because the Taliban understand that they stand to make trillions. The Afghan government stands to make trillions from this situation. I don't know how things will play out. I don't know especially how things will go for women. I mean, the Taliban this time around has promised that they will allow women to, to work. They will allow women to go to universities and colleges and get an education so long as they do it with a hijab on okay that's what they're saying and they're they're really stressing that point this time around which is on usually they don't give a rat's ass they'll laugh at your face right but this time their press secretaries and their leadership there are stressing that point why is that because they understand that they need to have a squeaky clean international image they want to be a legitimate player not a ragtag group of warlords, because the, most of the Talibs are like, okay, we've been doing this for 20 years, we're kind of old, we're getting tired, and we're sitting on $29 trillion worth of mineral wealth that we know of, maybe even more. What the hell are we doing? 
the Chinese and the Russians are there to, to, to extract that, to refine that, and to bring that to market. The Chinese are ready to develop Afghanistan. They could develop it rapidly and quickly the same way that they've done the same way they've done to Africa. The U.S. can't do that. We don't have the, the capability. We don't have the refining capacity. We don't have the production cap- capability to do anything like that. But we can cut some mean coke, don't we? We can cut some mean drugs. That we can do. That we can do. Unbelievable, Siege. Yeah, V, I think you, you nailed a, a lot of the things in, in terms of the, the accuracy pinpointing in regards to Afghanistan and what and what happens next. Um, that's the uh, uh, the biggest question. And, and some of the listeners, the com- the people were commenting in the in the post. Yeah, I agree. I think that this does pave the way for for Pakistan, Afghanistan, the expansion of the um, Belt Road Initiative yep. uh, there the for, for them. Yeah. yeah, completely. So yeah, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, one other angle to consider uh, with this uh, V as this is really dominating now uh, mainstream media. I think Biden is uh, set to to speak, uh, if it's him, <laughs> whoever it is, right? They're probably practicing. They probably have it synced that he can just kind of like lip sync it and they can just play a video. But, you know, that's, that's the thing we have to remember is that we know that he's not making decisions, right? We know that he's not in charge. So, so, and I, and I hate to keep going back to this. So who made the decision at this time to not necessarily allow this to happen, but to create the scenario that we're currently in. And I think within the next 30 to 60 days, I think that we will see uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, Chuck Schumer potentially call for uh, removing. Uh, we, we know everyone questioned, remember back prior to the, the, um, the election where Nancy Pelosi formed a, committee that looked at the mental capability of a sitting administration and there was a special group that was formed and i can't remember the actual name of it be where they can vote like in the event that they deem a president not mentally capable of of sitting for u.s president everyone kept saying oh i can't believe we're they're doing this to trump they're going they're gonna you know do this and try to say he's you know insane or mentally unstable Uh, and i said back then v i think they're doing this in preparation for biden uh, that when when Biden steps in, everyone remembers in the chat room, you know, everyone, hopefully people remember that. Um, so I think that that's, you know, something, again, you know, to take into consideration that we know for a fact that he's not making decisions. We know for a fact that, you know, his I mean, listen, let's let's continue this for a minute, because look how listen to how this is. So where in the hell was he getting his intelligence from? Listen to this from U.S. intelligence John is not the South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof. Oh, my God. A embassy <laughs> in the, of the United States. From they're going to be hanging from the frequency center. <laughs> so the question now is, where do they go from here? That, the jury is still out. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Wow. I mean, how, I mean, think about that, right? That was July. That was less than a month ago of, of how disconnected this, that is from everything. And so, you, you, so you know, they, the funny thing is, yeah, go ahead. Joe Biden and all his dementia is far more capable, far more smarter than Kamala Harris. That is a, that is a darn truth. 
Kamala is a joke. She, she's a she's a moronic puppet, just like Biden is. Biden's an order taker. Kamala is the if, if this is a fast food restaurant, Joe Biden is the assistant manager. Okay, the real person is the franchise owner whom you don't see, you know, working in the background. Kamala Harris is the cashier lady. Hi, would you like to supersize that? That's Kamala Harris. Okay, it's irrelevant at this point. It means nothing. The only thing that's going to matter is to the American public because the U.S. war machine has grinded to a halt. It's over. The, the mask is off. People have seen the U.S. war machine for the paper tiger that it is. It looks very fearsome from a distance. But it's incompetently run. It has outdated equipment and has even an obsolete war fighting philosophy of creating kill boxes. In the last several decades, the Russians and the Chinese have figured out how to create, how to take the American kill box and make it into a coffin so the American could step in it. So it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. But what the U.S. war machine is going to do right now is going to war against the American people. And even mm -hmm. then, it's going to fail. You know, you remember when Joe Biden's like, you want to fight against American government? Are you crazy? You're going to need nukes. <laughs> no. I think our buddy Gus said it best. You don't need nukes. All you need is an AK-47 and, and a horse. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. These people are bullshit. They're weak cowards. They're scared. Do you understand how scared your the system is? The system's not that some powerful. You start pushing back, they will buckle. I mean, I think the Taliban should be, you know, instead of looking at the Taliban like these, these the, oh my god, the, no, you got to look at it. Let them inspire you. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. And it, isn't it crazy to be more aligned with the Taliban than than Washington yes. DC? <laughs> but that's where, right. that's where we've arrived. That's where we've arrived. We would rather agree with the Taliban than we would the, the, the Washington DC bureaucrats. I mean, that's that's hilarious. That nails it. That's exactly. awesome. I'm, that is I'm awesome. I, if I had a choice between the Taliban and the, and, the, and the criminals in the district of criminals in DC, I'll I'm rooting for the Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> And you don't know, you dare call me un-American. That's that. That's what I love. Whenever we start making comments like that, and we get the the hard right patriot movement that step in, and they're like, you know, how dare you? You know, my country, my flag, and all that. That's kind of you know good stuff that Hollywood produces it, and the NFL takes kickbacks from the uh, the military. So don't don't label us as un-American. Just you know, and and people have to understand that Washington D.C. Does not reflect America. Correct. Washington D.C. does not reflect the people. Okay, so stop, stop pretending that that it that it does. Okay, I mean it just it just gets so frustrating. V and 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 one other aspect to keep in mind is that V, we're not done with this whole mandate, right? We're not done with this whole mask, this this uh, this jab, and and why I'm tying that in is because. Afghanistan Afghanistan provides a huge distraction to the American people because we we witnessed we've documented how unfavorable the conditions are right now for any type of new lockdowns, new mandates and how people are uprising and really pushing back against that. So what better way to suppress that than to introduce a new boogeyman, you know? And so so now we may have that. We may have 
America's next boogeyman. Granted, it's been recycled, but it could be that we're now in fear. I saw a post the other day that military generals are warning that they have their eyes on America, that terrorist attack are, are going to increase in the United States. From white so, supremacists, CJ. From, <laughs> from, Bullwink, from Rocky and Bullwinkle, who stormed the Capitol, and they called it an insurrection, B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Folks, you don't need to be afraid of these people. If the Taliban have taught you anything, okay, the Taliban has took down the most vaunted war machine, supposedly, right? With all their equipment and all their special ops, more like special optics, right? With all the bravada, with all the stuff. And what they've shown us is what happens when people have a resolve and a will. And I'm not supporting anything the Taliban stands for. I can care less. That's their problem. That's their country. That's their culture. That's just the way they live. That is, it is what it is. I can care less. But the lesson to be learned from all this, look what happens when you have a set of nuts and a will. Okay, when you have a set of nuts and a will, this is what happens. You're able you're able to get things. Now, now, if we could just organize ourselves. Then we could we like, like the Talibs have done, if we could heck, if we if we could even organize ourselves like the far left. Yeah, yeah, we'd be in yeah. a better position. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And stop and stop allowing, uh, you know, Trump to be a distraction uh, to what that that movement looks like. Exactly correct. You know, to, you know, to to get back and understand, and and that's why I, I I state every time someone posts a picture of either Desantis or uh, Christie, uh, is it what what state is she in? She's she's a real patriot. I, there was a picture of her the other day is with Noam, Noam, yeah, on a horse with the American flag, and I can't remember what she did, but they're like, yeah, she's gonna be our next president. I'm like, no, 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 I hope no. not. I'm like, no, no, no. Let her stay at state level. Like, don't try to convince any state representatives right now that are winning in their state to get involved in the federal chaos of the democratic or Republican national elections. Don't do it. Don't do it because it's the entire system that's broken people. Okay. Stop, stop trying to fix a system that doesn't work. Okay. Stop, stop participating in it. That's the key, whether it's, it's banking, financing and getting involved with cryptocurrencies or disrupting the banking system by, you know, going into gold, silver, stop participating in their systems that are designed to make us fail. One of which being the voting system, unless you're dealing with local elections, which that's what that's what they have their eyes on next. And that's why they're trying to introduce all these crazy mandates in regards to mail-in ballots, in regards to, you know, what, that you know, asking for an ID is voter suppression, all that bullshit that they're going to continue the next, the next, you know, few months. And, you know, like I said, we're, you know, I saw an article the other day, and and I think it was the AP that reported this, but um, unconfirmed, and I don't have a link to share, and I'm too lazy to go Google it and look it up right now. Uh, but I I believe that that the administration is getting ready to increase food uh, benefits. I think it's called SNAP SNAP benefits, the welfare, uh, you know, the basically the food program. They're going to increase it by twenty five. Percent B. Oh, oh, beautiful. And that that will be the that's gonna largest. blow out Obama's record. Obama had uh, 52 million on food stamps. It's gonna blow them out, bro. Ooh, We're gonna 25. have 80 million. We're gonna have 100 million on food stamps. It's gonna be wonderful, right? So, so everyone needs to understand like everything that Folks, we're witnessing. Milk right? Go get a food stamp and go buy some lobster. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, no, no. Go buy some some two liters of soda and everything. But, but all these things. <laughs> 
all these things that we're we're pointing out is a an empire in collapse we, and, and everyone needs to t- you know take heed that we're we're in collapse mode right now people we are in in collapse and everything that's taking place is is speaking volumes to that whether it's whether it's the dismal failure like we, we witnessed with the the US Olympic team uh the basketball <laughs> the soccer i mean everything and, i love everything. it God is speaking, CJ. God is God speaking. is speaking. Afghanistan, the the dismal failure that we've uh, uh, what we've witnessed there and occurred, and then breaking it down to the domestic level, where they're making every effort that they can to systematically, basically to be, to to be, to bring in to basically consolidate the top one percent class, and then take the middle class and the and the working poor and consolidate them. So basically, we're entering into a society of the have and the have-nots. And at the same time, they leverage all these things to systematically, you know, Im- Im- impede and p- put all these control measures in place in regards to society. That's their end game because they understand that their system that they designed is completely failing yep. and, and it's and it's falling apart. And and my hope is that someday, whether you're your first time listener or you've been with us for the last 10 years, however long we've been streaming, is that that you start listening and sharing our broadcast and trying to reach a, a bigger audience to get this message shared and to really make a connection with people. Maybe it's too late to pay to change people's minds and that's okay. But maybe it's, maybe it's that one person, maybe it's that one neighbor, maybe it's that one person that you talk to occasionally that's finally starting to figure things out. And then we can, as a society can, can understand that the sooner that we observe and we make preparation for the balkanization of, of the United States. And it hurts me to say that, right. I, I posted the other day that we just celebrated my dad's 90th birthday. And, and, um, my brother who I love my brother to death, but he was like, he messaged me the night before. He's like, Hey, I'm putting an agenda together for my, my, for our dad's birthday. I want to make sure we stay on point. <laughs> and, uh, that's just how he is. He's like, but I'm going to give every family member a few minutes to speak about, about our dad and what that reflects. And in my childhood, now granted, my dad's 90. I'm the youngest of seven. Okay. I think my oldest sister is almost 65. So that kind of gives you a, 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 you can see the differentiate between the ages. But I remember one distinctive day, and that was JFK's assassination. And I did not see my dad cry that often. But that was one day that I watched my dad break down into tears because I think he understood that's why he left and my mom left everything that we knew of our comfort zone from Mexico with five children and six children. I was born in the States, but the six children left everything we knew to come to our country in the hopes of, 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 of a better future. And, and, and and it's hard to see that anymore. It's, it's difficult to see that, but he did that for love of country for, for much as he loved. And, you know, he was the first to put the flag out on, Independence Day, the first he had, we had a this carpet type picture hanging. It was JFK with the flag, and even back then. But his patriotism is something that always resonated with me, and his his love of 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 America. And we need to get that back, V. We we need we need to fight hard to get that back of what that means to to the people, right? To the to the people and the ideas of our republic. Um, so that was my message to my dad that I didn't have an opportunity to say because I was I was gone. <laughs> I was doing something else. Uh, but I, I will tell him that someday. And, and I hope that people listening in uh, remember that 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 message, because, you know, uh, speaking from a, a second generation, people being 
in America. That's why people come to this country for, for the opportunity to get ahead. They don't come here for government handouts. They come here for freedom, for liberty. You know, they don't come here for the checks and balances of the federal government of, of, of either social justice or, or, or equilibrium of success that we're, that everyone is, is, you know, yes, we're given the same opportunity, but government doesn't mandate our success rate. That's up to us as an individual. And we need to get those ideas back and starting with, with our youth. It's a, it's a huge goal. Um, I'm not giving up on humanity. Um, I think that we need to keep pushing forward and we need people that are listening in and like minds to, uh, to help collaborate and come with that ideas of how we can, we can push back against what we're facing. It's going to be a difficult road, but I'm confident on the other side, we can prosper and we can be more successful than ever be. Absolutely. Will Smith in the live chat said it best. He said requirements to defeat U.S. armed forces and AK-47, black pajamas, and courage. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's all you need, man. I love it. I That's love all it. you need. It's a great article by Finian Cunningham in over in the Strategic Culture. Uh, Matthew Eretz, uh, one of Matthew, one of the sites that Matthew also writes for. Uh, he said the Afghanistan is the most glaring proof of American treachery. It's a cautionary tale for others who incredibly still seem trusting in their in hitching their wagon to a U.S. alliance. U.S. President Joe Biden said the, this week that he has no regrets about pulling American forces out of Afghanistan as the Taliban militants look to set to overrun the entire Central Asian country. The lesson here is this. Anyone acting as a running dog for Washington does so at the peril of ultimate U.S. betrayal. We've seen it with the Kurds. We've seen it with so many other groups, CJ. The Kurds were screwed over twice. Once in Iraq during the first Gulf War with Saddam Hussein, where uh, George H.W. Bush said, I read my lips, no new taxes. I told uh, the Kurds in northern Iraq, go fight Saddam Hussein. I'll back you. We got you back. You can go ahead. You can fight Saddam Hussein. And they were screwed over. And then... In uh, 2013 and 14, the U.S. screwed the Kurds screwed over the U.S. again. This time with Obama. Now, now hold on. I, I, I specifically told the Kurds, uh, Michelle and I, I specifically told them. I said, "Hey, uh, when you're fighting northern Afghanistan, uh, it's not northern Afghanistan, but it's about northern Syria. We're going to back you up. We're going to take out Bashir al-Assad. He gasses his own people, and um, tell you guys to go in there, and uh, we got your back. And of course." It did it. And now we have the U.S. abandoning Afghanistan, just like the U.S. abandoned uh, Saigon. They abandoned South Vietnam. They've abandoned so, so many places. Man. So it's we do best. Right? U.S.-backed puppet regime in Kabul has done what Washington's bidding for nearly 20 years. And after 20 years, folks, a feudal war at the cost of hundreds of thousands of Afghan lives and trillions of dollars, Uncle Schmuck has decided to pack it up, get out, and leave the Afghans to their miserable fate. And as the Taliban take over one provincial capital after another, U.S. intelligence agencies are warning that the Kabul regime could fall within a month. It happened overnight. And callously, Biden this week told the Afghans that they have to do their own fighting. Whatever happened to the lofty American vows of nation-building or fighting terrorism or defending democracy and women's protecting women's rights? It's a sordid story with much... I'm having some uh, feedback to Some sort of sound is coming. My bad. There you go. It's a sordid story with much historical precedent illustrating how at the 
drop of a hat, Uncle Schmuck is liable to hang erstwhile allies out to dry. So if you were, so if you're watching this in Afghanistan, and you happen to be, uh, you happen to be NATO, you happen to be the Ukraine. You happen to be any one of these countries that the U.S. is trying to use you as a proxy to start a, ra- a, a greater regional war against the Russians or the Chinese, you better think twice. 46 years ago, the fall of Saigon saw the United States scurry away from corrupt pu- puppet regimes that it had propped up in South Vietnam as the North Vietnamese communists finally routed the redundant American pawns. A more recent example of callous betrayal by Washington was the throwing of Kurdish militants to the mercy of Turkey. We just talked about this. And when later invaded northern Syria during the Trump presidency. Anyone who accepts American patronage must know that the small part in the in the contract always reads to be dumped at any time of Uncle Sam's choosing and convenience. Afghanistan is the most glaring proof, perhaps since the fall of Saigon in 75, of that American treachery. It's a costing in hitching their wagon to a U.S. alliance. I'm talking to you. UK. I'm talking to you, Australia. I'm talking to you, New Zealand. I'm talking to India and the Quad. I'm talking to Taiwan. I'm talking to Japan. This, you know, how many people have are witnessing this? You know, the Indian government is in a precarious situation because they are not fans of the Taliban. But now, what I'm hearing is that the Russians are communicating with the Indians to try to come to some sort of a middle ground because the Pakistanis and the Chinese said, "Yeah, we don't want the Indians in the SEO." So this thing has to be diplomatically undone. The only thing right now is that the sands of time, when you look at that little uh, timer with the sand that goes back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that sand is running out. It's running out on the economic system that keeps this whole entire thing afloat. And their only answer here is to hyperinflate to oblivion. This is where we are. That's all i got to say, Siege. Yeah, um, very well said. Uh, I was look, reading some of the comments in the in the uh, the chat stream. Yeah, I mean, it's just again, this is the realization. This is this is where we've where we've arrived. Um, it's easy to like to hash it out and look back the last several years. The challenge becomes: how do we decide the future? How do we dictate what that future looks like? And and I don't think that history history yes it offers us some clues we you know we can we can learn from it but i think that what we're what we're venturing through v and where we're navigating through is is just of of epic proportions that it's it's tough to look through history to try to analyze the direction that we go i think it's it's primarily tied into financial models economic indicators and I think that the, we, if we come to that realization, and wh- whether you're you're a, a gold bug or you're into you know you're into cryptocurrencies, you know all those things regarding you know being able to s- sustain through the reset that we're venturing through it it drives all other things. I'm I'm going somewhere with this conversation. So the economic portion of it, the drives the foreign policy. It drives you know the domestic policy. So I just I think it's just that important to really hone in and focus on that that the financial levers, the mechanisms of of what we're operating in and to decide if we're going to continue participating in 
the current system that is is getting ready to evolve into something else. Um, I mean, I'm I'm disappointed. Like today, I went out to a few different uh, locations, and I was I was truly amazed to see the amount of people be that were being so cooperative into what the government's saying. So many people that were in the grocery stores with their mask on. So many people that were walking down the road with a mask on. So many people that were driving in their vehicles by themselves with, with a mask on. That makes it very difficult for me to really decide to say, Hey, you know what? We, we, we can, we can, we're going to shift. We're going to pivot. When you see that many people who are so conditioned to, to accept things and, and not question it. Right. And we know that that started with the educational function. So I think that we need to, we really need to start with like three pillars, three, three columns of fundamental things that we can start working on. And it doesn't have to be collectively because I hate collective things. <laughs> I would say that, but then I'm like, we collectively need to do this, but if we can, identify three key portions of what we can do to change things, to disrupt financial, you know, I think that education piece of it has to be one of the core columns in there because we know that they've, they've, they've leveraged the institutions for far too long uh, mission accomplished to their, to the, what, what they've been able to do. And, and the third portion is in terms of, of that economic development of, of supporting one another in, in whatever business businesses we're doing. I think those are going to be fundamental to restoring our, our Republic and, and disrupting the current status quo. So it's not going to be easy folks. So, so, so get ready. Um, v it's very interesting because the conversations that, that you've had even prior to me joining the conversations going back five, six years, it's very interesting to go back and, and remember some of those conversations because we're here, we're, we're, we're there. We're here at this moment in time right now, living through it in real time. V. It's just the, the, dy the dynamics are just so very interesting. And, you know, I just, I just can't explain it. V. It's, 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 it's crazy. Yep. And at this time I'm going to go shopping for some black pajamas. I don't know about you. <laughs> get a, I'm going to go get a black pajamas and a horse and an AK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, folks, we're at the end of the show. Thank you all for listening in. Subscribe, like, comment, share it again. Check out our paid sponsors, mycbdatables.com, bookmarkroguenews.com for all your geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic, and as we watch the end of the American empire, as we watch, and I celebrate for once the end of the unipolar world. Thank God it's over. And uh, I thank God that the multipolar world is emerging, uh, a world based on, on fair and equitable trade amongst nations, sovereignty intact. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a real monkey wrench into the, uh, these idiots and their stupid New World Order crap that they've been failing at for the last several, several hundred, couple hundred years. It's good to see it. But the, the main concern that we have here in the States is what is our future? What is our part? Uh, that is yet to, do, to be determined. It all depends on we what we do as a population, our whole system that we currently have needs to get gutted. It needs to be done away with and something new needs to be built in its place. God honest truth, something that is not only constitutionally based, but some sort of an amalgam between a constitutional republic and a meritocracy needs to happen. It's the only way to compete in the 21st century. It is what it is. 
And with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening in. CJ, take it away. Yeah, well, real quick, real quick, V. Uh, Mad Max, thank you for the super chat. And oh yeah, uh, V, I'll let you know because I know where there's a place that has cat food right now, ten for ten, so I can get you ten cans for a dollar each. So awesome, <laughs> folks. No matter what they say, it is not time to go into the bunker and eat your cat food. It's time to prep. It's time to prep. With that being said, we're all out. Take it away, El Cucol. <laughs>